0: You can turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3. Because we talked on Thursday night at the end of the service about bravely going where no man's ever been before. And that's where the church is going right now. And so it's a place that we've never seen. But now there's a couple of guys that I really like in the book of Joshua. One of them is named Joshua, and the other one is named Caleb.
1: And um, they got derailed they got disappointed. They had to wait 40 years. That's a long wait to be derailed. But the devil
0: couldn't stop them. You see, when, when they went into the, first went into the promised land to, to, to explore it, they came back, I think Numbers chapter 12 and chapter 13 tells about that. And they came back with a cluster of grapes that was so big, the grapes were like grapefruit. And what was that for? To change what you, to give you an image of what the promised land is like. So you're supposed to look at those, look at that blessing and get it on the inside of you. Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if you read the gospels, you see what happened to Jesus But when you read the letters, you see what happened in Jesus. It's like I can look at John Lyons today and see a picture of John. But what's really John is the x-ray. And so, you know, I know the last time we had a big Tribe of Judah meeting in Texas, they took our pictures of several hundred of us out on the lawn. And as soon as I got the picture, I found me. I don't know if you will ever do that. No, but when you get a picture, you look to see how you look. How did I turn out, right? And th- but that, that, that's the photo, but God gives you the x-ray when you begin to identify with him. It's kind of like, you know, Paul the apostle said this way in Galatians 2.20. He said, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no
1: longer live. But if you looked at the picture, he wasn't there. It was two thieves, but he saw the x-ray. So he identified with, you see, everything that God wanted
0: for you, he put in Jesus. So that when you got in Jesus, everything that you would need would be already be there for you. But if you keep looking at the picture, you keep looking at the way things seem like they are. For 40 years, those people waited because they couldn't see what Joshua and Caleb saw. Joshua and Caleb said, these people are nothing but bread for us. Joshua and Caleb saw God and everybody else saw the circumstances, right? So we need to make sure like, like today is a brand new day. No, this day is a brand new day. But if I sti- still see it the, the, the way that I saw it yesterday, did I say, Joshua, well, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4.
1: <laughs> no, we need to see. We need to, we, look at this. Uh, like you look a whole lot different in an x-ray. All right, then you do uh, than what I'm seeing right now. And
0: my Bible says that you're complete in him who's the head of all principality and power. So what I'm seeing on the outside is certainly not what's on in the inside. And if I keep looking at the outside, I can judge you and, th- and, and find fault with you. But if I see on the
1: inside that you are complete in him, but more importantly, that you would see the inside
0: and start ju- uh, stop judging, you, f- you don't like the way you look in your picture, then look at the x-ray. No, because a revelation will come from identification. When you identify yourself as, as dead in Christ, and, and Paul the Apostle said, not only was I there, but I no longer live.
1: In other words, my problem was so severe that he couldn't heal me, he had to kill me.
0: I said, your, your condition was so severe
1: that God had to kill you because he couldn't cure you. He had to kill that Adam to bring Christ to life.
0: But you keep looking at the old photos. Let's get out the old photo album, man. Let's, no, no, let's, let's, let's do Ancestry.com and find out where we came from. No, you came... You are the seed of Abraham. You are Christ's seed and heirs of all these promises. And so, if you want to see the x ray, you've got to see the book. We're going somewhere. Anyway, we'll get there sometime. Okay. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 1. Let us therefore fear. So,
1: there's something we need to be nervous about today. What is that? Lest a promise being left to us.
0: You do one for through these exceeding great and precious promises. You can partake of his divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. You can look at the inner cities and then see the turmoil, or you can go out in the country and look at the glory of God all over nature. Both are realities right now, right? But it's the same with you. If you're looking at yourself, examining yourself, you need to go and get the x-ray. Find out who you are in Christ, the new creation, Old things are passed away, all things have become new. He, God, made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we'd be the righteousness of God in him. There's something going on in the inside of you called a metamorphosis, that you're being changed from glory to glory into the image of his son. There's something really good going on might not even show up on the outside for a while, but it's going on on the inside. He said, lest the promise, should, should we come short of the promise. Wow, there's so many promises in there that we don't want to come short of any of them. We need to get after the promises of God. You know, we need to go for this by seeing ourselves in a different light. But let, let's look at the next verse. For unto us was this good news preached as well as unto them. Joshua and Caleb could have said that. Unto us, this gospel was preached as well as it was unto them, but they wouldn't mix it with faith. So I can tell you that today is a brand new day and that the word that you're going to hear today will change your life forever. And you can sit there and say, well, we'll see what happens about that. Or you can say, yeah, I'm going to mix my faith with that. And today is a day of change. Today is a day of change for me. He said he would change me from glory to glory. I didn't come to have church. I came to have change. I came to be changed into his image and into his likeness. I didn't come to see what would happen. I came to make something
1: happen. I remember a couple of years ago, I was talking about football here for a minute. Couple of years ago, because of what because
0: of what Nancy said, playing to an audience of one, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, pulled up a backup quarterback, and he came out and won the Super Bowl. And uh, when they interviewed him, they said, "How is it that you were able to play in front of a hundred thousand people and a hundred million people watching?" He said, "Sir, I play to an audience of one." He said, I was able, he came up, come on, a backup quarterback. He was able to shut out all of the audience and focus on God. And if he can do that, because God's no respecter of persons, so can we. If we could focus on God, all of the things that have been bothering us would just disappear. The only one we're trying to please is God. I mean, I can come up here and drink a cup of tea if I want to. I'm not here to entertain people. As long as God is happy, I'm happy, right? And my fulfillment, I understand this about life at this stage, fulfillment only comes from being in the will of God. You can try all the other stuff, try all the other stuff. Take a little bit of God and try that. Try a little bit of the gospel and try that. Stay home and watch it on TV and you can do that. But God's perfect will for you is if you're able to get into a corporate anointing,
1: then you ought to be doing that. Uh, you ought to be doing that. Why? Because you're desperate. You're desperate to walk into the fullness of God.
0: So he said they didn't mix it with faith when they heard it. So if you hear today, that, let's go to Isaiah 43.
1: We will get over where we're going. Okay, now, you're going to hear this
0: and, and take it by faith, right? And if you heard it before, then get a new revelation from it. Don't say, oh, hum, I heard that before. No, this is today. Have you ever noticed that now faith is a substance of hope for, things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen? Now faith is. Faith is now. You get to use your faith right now. And it's not a feeling. It's just a switch. Come on. Romans 3.27 says, it's the law of faith. It works like when I drop my phone on the floor. It falls. Every time, not once will it go halfway. It's a law. Whether I feel like it's going to work or not, it doesn't matter. It's a law. So when I say out of my mouth, I release my faith on this, I don't have to wait. Oh, I don't, you don't have to feel a thing to turn on your light switch. You just turn it on. You don't have to feel, oh, I felt such a strong anointing when that happened. It's good if you do, but what if you don't? What if you just take this as God's word to you today, using my voice? And maybe some of you are tired of hearing it, but but no, you can't be too tired. You're still here. But what I'm saying, it's His. I'm not giving you my words. You didn't come here to hear me. You came to get a word from God. So get one, and then act on it. And don't look at your 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 photograph. Or how long it's been. Joshua and Caleb was 40 years. Moses was 40 years. Some people had to wait a while. But they didn't. They might have got disrailed. But they didn't get stopped. You don't stop. Why would you stop after waiting all
1: that time? Verse 18. You knew where I was going anyway, right? Now when it says don't remember the former things.
0: I think that could be a part of having to go forward. Do you think that might be why he said that? That, that if you keep remembering the former things, it'll... Stu- Matter of fact, that's what Smith Wordsworth, I, th- I think, said that. He said, you'll never move in, in the things of the Spirit as long as, you, as long as you keep looking backwards. Every day is a brand new day. It's a fresh day. You can move in the Spirit of God right now, today, right in this building, right now. He can talk to you right this moment. Sometimes people will get up and run. If you can't run, get a designated runner.
1: <laughs>
0: Do stuff. Demonstrate your faith. If it makes you look foolish, it's probably very good for you. It just proves that you got pride in your life that you need to deal with. And away we go. (laughs) Hallelujah. And some of you will sit there forever and say, I'd never do that. That's foolishness. Well, remember what David did? The Bible says that he, tore off his, he, he took off his top coat and danced before the Lord with all of his might. And he was a king. He, he had a lot more money than you, a lot more dignified, a dignified position than you, and he wasn't afraid to get ugly for God. Sometimes you just got to get ugly. No, no, but it's like, how bad do you want something? Like if we only knew what we were missing... Well, I do know because I can read the book of Acts. I see the early church and I'm thinking, God, we think that we're the same time supercharged. We haven't even touched what they did yet. And we're supposed to be do- doing the greater work. Yeah, come on. Yeah, it wasn't all that long ago. She was pushing a walker through here. Hallelujah.
1: So if you don't remember that, like we could say it this way, I guess. Forget. 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 Forget, forget, forgot. It's gone.
0: Can't go back. Can't, can't drive through life looking through the rearview mirror. Moving, on, moving ahead. Big windshield, small rearview mirror. It's on purpose so that you can see where you're going. You need to look where you're going. Where am I going? Toward my destiny. I'm going into the exceeding great and precious promises land. I crossed the Dead Sea. That was the new birth. Came out of Egypt. Then God spent 40 years trying to get Egypt out of me. (laughs) He had no problem getting you out of Egypt. Now he's going to get Egypt out of you. And then he'll bring you to the Jordan, to the fullness of the Spirit, so that you can go over and and just rock the world. You'll look at Jericho and laugh, and it'll fall down. Giants in the land. You've got giants sitting on everything that belongs to you right now, and they've been there for a long, long time. Giants holding back your healing, giants holding back your finances, giants holding back your better your better job, all of those kind of things. They've been sitting there so long, and all you gotta do is put your mind to it, knuckle down, buckle down, do it, do it, do it. Okay. <laughs> Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold. I'm doing a new thing. And even if you thought it was an old thing, I'll give you fresh revelation. Because it's, what, you don't, what you need is, you don't need more education, you need more revelation. It's not about how much we know. I know a lot of the Word of God up here,
1: but down here, not so much. If I knew what I know, Hallelujah. Behold, I will do a new thing.
0: Shall you not know it? Will you not mix it with faith today? Will you not mix this word with faith today and say, I'm doing, but here's the key too. I'm not going to get something new with an old mindset. If I keep doing what I've always done, we know this. You keep getting what you've always gotten. Might not be good English, I don't know. But in order to get something new, I'm going to have to do something new. There may be some things that I need to forget. Maybe I need to forget that favorite TV program. Maybe I need to really spend some time... Like some people could start right here with 20, 20 vision, 20 minutes of prayer in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening away from everybody and just say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this change, God, because I want to move ahead in you. There's things that I need to change. Well, I'm not going to stay home from church just because it's convenient and I can go to the fridge halfway through the service and get something to eat. No, but I'm like, you know, we, we, we make sure we take care of our flesh, but I know this, that I always have time for what's important to me. And so in order for me to, 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 to enter into this new thing, now it shall spring forth. I know for sure. I don't know what exactly, but I know for sure that there's some things I have to let go of to forget the former things. If I'm going to do something new, then I'm going to, if I'm going to get something new, rather, I know that I have to do something new, something different, and I know who will tell me. I know the Holy Ghost will reveal it to me. He probably already has on some occasions.
1: It's amazing how we can dull his voice, unless he's talking about something good he really wants to do for us, right? The king and the kingdom. It's not about what I want either. It's about what he wants. Like,
0: like what what do you want from me, God? Well, he'll tell you. He I'll tell you what he wants, he wants the best for you. And I've learned this. I've learned this. Fulfillment only comes from doing, doing it right. And I know when I'm doing it right. Because even if things look wrong, when you're doing it right, you got that satisfaction knowing, hey, it's all gonna work out. Okay. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. It's springing forth now. Shall you not know it? Yeah. Remember what, remember what Paul the Apostle said. He said, this one thing I do. He, he, he really talked about this in Philippians 3.13. He said, this one thing I do, I'm forgetting those things that are behind. This is this verse. And pressing on, putting pressure on myself to move ahead. And I'm not looking back but I'm pressing for the new. I'm not, come on, I'm not satisfied with the status quo. I read the promises in there and I'm so far short of them and I don't want to get to heaven and die again of shock because of everything that I missed while I was here that could have been mine, but I got lazy. I got lackadaisical. I
1: got lukewarm and didn't put the pressure on. He said, you'll, he said, if you'll know it, you'll flow in
0: it. And I'll make a way in the desert. There's dry places in your life that have never
1: been touched by the power of God. i telling you, it's there. The healings and miracles and signs and wonders, they're all there.
0: I've heard stories and I've seen some things. Arms that grew up where there weren't any. Saw a, a, a mechanical elbow that came out of a man while he was sleeping, and a new elbow inside, a titanium elbow laying on the bed beside him when he woke up in the morning. Why would that shock me? I read my Bible. What shocks me is that I'm not seeing it like I should.
1: Throw a stick in the water and make an axe head float. Are you kidding me? How, there's stuff in that Bible. It's a supernatural book serving a supernatural God and living like
0: carnal people, right? And so, so but again, go back to Hebrews 4 two, Mix this message with faith and say, it's mine. I'm taking that today. No, you're doing a new thing in my life, God. You're doing a new thing. There's new, new miracles and new healings and new prosperity to walk in and new opportunities to minister the gospel and, 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 and a new record. And, 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 you know, like, come on.
1: All you got to do is mix it with faith. They didn't mix it with faith and they wasted 40 years. Maybe we better go over there and I'll be... <laughs> If we don't, we might not get there. Okay, Joshua chapter 3.
0: Now they're getting ready. They're getting ready to go into the, you know, in over against Jericho. And so they've been traveling a while. And now, God, now it's flood season because it's harvest time. It's harvest time on the earth right now. It's flood season. And, the, and, and, and he's going to tell them, make sure that you, the, the priest take the ark of God. The presence of God, the glory of God, the anointing of God, His manifested presence, and step out into that Jordan River at flood stage, out over your head, carrying a gold box. Uh, you no, know, no, faith is like that. Faith, faith steps out on on the the unseen. So you're going to hear this word today, and you're saying, "To this day, this is the day that my I'll remember this day. It changed my life because I because I I I activated my faith on something." And decided that I wanted to be a part of this end time move of the spirit of God. I wanted to go in and take the territory for God. I wanted to be like Joshua and Caleb. Give me my mountain. That's what Caleb said, 85 years old. He said, I'm as strong now as I was when I was 40. Now give me my mountain. No, that's what faith says. Give me my mountain. Give me those promises in the name of Jesus. Jesus paid too high a price for the promises for me to live beneath them or without them. So I'm not pleading with him. I'm realizing that I've got giants in the land that are trying to keep me from my stuff, keep me from my healing, my prosperity, whatever it is good that God has. Mm-hmm. And so, but he told it's interesting here though, he said in the King James, stay behind 2,000 cubits. And then when you look at that and you realize that Jesus is going to get water baptized right there 2,000 years later, right in that spot. And so Jesus, when you think about Hebrews chapter 6, he's the forerunner. He's the one that went ahead of us. And so what we're doing is following him. He was the firstborn among many brethren, and we're following him into everything that he bought and paid for for us. So verse 3, it says, stay behind 2,000 cubits. And that's really, can can we look at that first?
1: Let's just go to Hebrews chapter 6 for a second, and then we'll come right back there. We will read chapter 3. I preached these verses at Eagle Mountain Church. I'm not bragging. I'm in awe of the
0: fact that I had these verses to share. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. Now again, i like to point this out because, because it's exactly the way it happened. Like God wanted to give a promise and, and for you to know that it was forever. It wasn't with Abraham. It was with God the Father and Christ the Son. It says, by these two immutable things, in which is impossible for God to lie. What he did was he said he couldn't swear by anything greater because he's God. So he took... The Bible, I remember doing this when I was eight or nine years old in court for the first time. That's another story for another day. Do you swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. And God took this word. Matter of fact, uh, Psalm 128 and verse 8 says, I've magnified my word even above my name. So he magnified his word and then he signed it in blood. But here in Hebrews chapter 6, he said, I swear by myself that I will never break this covenant. Matter of fact, if you read it closely, you'll find out that Abraham was asleep at the time because flesh couldn't get involved in what God was doing. So God the Father made a covenant, read it in Genesis 15, with Christ the Son. Two immutable things. So this is what we're looking at here in this verse.
1: No, I'm back in Joshua.
0: Yes, by these two immutable things, in which it's impossible for God to lie, We've got this strong consolation. We fled into that refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us, which is both an anchor and a sure and steadfast place, which enters in within the veil. Now what he's going to talk about here, he says that Jesus is the forerunner that went within the veil. And I've explained to this church over a number of years what a forerunner is, but a forerunner was the guy when they were coming into a, into a harbor, On a foggy day, and they hadn't been in that harbor before. Their boats made out of wood. Wood and rock don't mix, so he's very cautious. They had a forerunner that would dive off the off the bow of the boat with a small rope, a a smaller sized rope, and he would tow that thing and find a passage to the shore, and then tie it to a tree so that they could bring the the larger rope and pull the ship safely into the harbor. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, I've already gone ahead of you. I've already, all you've got to do is hang on to the rope. All you want your, he said, your real hope is in the rope. Just keep hanging on to that rope. In other words, follow me. Just follow me and you'll be safe through every storm, whatever it's coming. It's when we get away from that and try to do things on our own. Okay, so now back in Joshua chapter 3, we're really going to read it this time. Verse 4, he said, you're going to stay, keep a space between you about 2,000 cubits by measure. Don't come near. Why? So that you can see the way that you should go. You need to see the way. And look at what he says, because we haven't passed this way before. The Lord is taking you somewhere that no, no church, I'm not talking about, you know, this local assembly. I'm saying the church has never been where the church is going right now. We've had the early rain, the book of Acts rain, but he said he was going to pour out, read Joel chapter 2 beginning verse 23, he's going to pour out the latter rain, both former and latter rain, both in the first month, and the rain always represents harvest. You know, we don't appreciate rain so much here in Nova Scotia, we get more than our share, but in the desert, in the Middle East, you don't have rain, you die. Your crops die, your animals die, everything dies. So rain is vital. And so when we're talking about the early and the latter rain, it's, it's bringing something to you that you're really going to like. <laughs> All right? He said, because you have not been this way. You haven't been here before. Next verse. And Joshua said unto the people, I want to share with you now what your part is in this. He said, you need to sanctify yourselves. Why? Now listen,
1: listen to this. Mix your faith with this one. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. Who's, was that Gary Hoover's voice or was that God talking? Tomorrow, I'll do my wonders among you. Then what do you want me to do today, God? I want you to sanctify yourself. What does that mean? Well, it means a bunch of things. It means be holy. It's not like righteousness, you know.
0: You are the, the gift of righteousness, you have it. This holiness, even though Jesus in, in 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says Jesus has been made unto us. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So your sanctification has already been taken care of, but
1: it's not in you. It's in Christ. So, so what, what's he saying? Because I can't, I can't sanctify myself, but I can set myself apart. I can make a decision to do some
0: different things and then not to depend on my own self to get them done either. Because I've been to the New Year's resolutions. So I can declare to you right now, man, tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to stand on the edge of the bathtub and I'm going to pray for an hour. And I'm praying on the edge of the bathtub in case I fall asleep, I'll hurt myself. No, I'm saying, God, help me, show me, walk with me. Holy Spirit, you're my comforter, my guide. You came to guide me into all the truth, to take the things of Jesus, take the things of the Word of God and reveal them unto me because I don't need information. I need revelation. If I'm dependent on information, I got more than enough. If I did everything I know, it'd be awesome. No, I need a revelation of those things.
1: So he said, be clean, be dedicated. Dedication is something that, well, if I was going to use,
0: I could use some, a bunch of people, but I would look at Jim and Linda Houghton sitting back there.
1: They don't ever come asking for anything or needing anything. They're just faithful. They're just there.
0: What does it mean to me? It means a lot because you're looking at somebody that's stable, that keeps you going. People like that keep people like this moving, you know, say, so, because I want to grow up and be like them. So, but really, you know, if I was to define sanctification, I would call
1: it being fulfilled because that's what it does for me. It causes me to feel filled. But it also means to change your thinking. Like
0: if you were thinking right, we wouldn't have such a thick Bible that keeps saying the same thing over and over again. Right? The reason why the Bible's so big is because we're so thick, just like the Bible. Right? No, but Jesus kept saying it. And again, I say, why? Because I know you didn't get it the last time. <laughs> See, but he's getting you ready for the signs and wonders that he wants to do. But in order to do that, he has to kill you. He needs to separate you from the things that control your life.
1: And that causes death. Now, there are certain routines and things that you do. And and they really control your life.
0: And and then I remember my mother had a... Back in the day, women couldn't work outside the home. I mean, my mother, well, like, you know, she had to do the laundry for four boys, and she had, to, she had a garden she had to tend to, and then she had to do all the washing, hanging out on the line and running through this old ringer washer. And I remember that ringer washer because I had a snake, a pet snake. Yeah, in a reversible jacket. In the pocket, he got in between the lining of the two sides of the jacket, and I lost my snake. And if you're a little kid, that's serious business, as you parents would know. Didn't know what happened to that snake, how he got out, looked all over my bedroom, couldn't find him anywhere. And uh, when I got the, the I, I was watching a particular day doing the laundry, and that ringer, like most of you don't even know what I'm talking about but it would flatten things right out. And so a few days after my coat was washed, I was walking along and it didn't smell right. <laughs> and I reached in into out this coiled up, flattened out snake
1: skin. And years later I said, God, you're making me feel like my snake. I'm walking by faith and expecting everything good and rosy and wonderful. But you're trying to kill me. I've got good news for you. He's trying. He's, he's trying to kill you. No, but why do you think you get water baptized? He completely identified with you and your sin so that
0: you could completely identify with him in his, re- in his resurrection. And so when you come up out of that water, you're a brand new person. I mean, you maybe have an old mindset, but in the spirit, your x-ray doesn't have any flaws in it. Your x-ray right now, you have a perfect x-ray. There's not a broken anything in your x-ray. Isn't that good? And then, But now the deal is to get the inside working on the outside. It's like communion. Pastor Paul will be leading us in communion in a few minutes, and In what is communion about? His death, his burial, and his resurrection. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance. Your old self has passed away. How did Paul the apostle? It took him, I think, twenty or twenty-five years to write Galatians two twenty. It took a it took a while for. Matter of fact, at one point he said, "I'm dying every day." Remember, he read. He said, "He said I'm dying every day." And look what happened to him. But he got so dead. That he's in, the, in, in prison and he writes to the Philippian church, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. These light, come on, read Corinthians chapter 4. These light afflictions, which are but for a moment, are nothing. That's, that's where he wants you to be. And, and he's preparing us. For, for He's telling you right here why he's, why he's doing this. He said, for tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. I mean, he wants to astonish you. He wants to shock you with how different your life can be overnight. Yeah. Miracles and healings. I read about the healing revival back in the 40s and the 50s. And Brother Kenneth E. Hagin said you could stand up in front of a church and say Mary had a little lamb, and Jesus was his name and people would get healed all over the
1: auditorium. He, and, and that was, But again, he's ready to do things like that. And he's not waiting
0: to use Pastor Gary. He's waiting to use you. It, no, It's not going to be somebody getting a showboat deal out of this. It's going to be the body of Christ working the way that we were designed to function. It's Romans 8, 19, all of creation waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God. Won't we, won't we, any of us looking to take a bow and say, wow, did you see what I just did? That's like the donkey that carried Jesus into town. He's back at the barn saying, hey, did you see the way they bowed down and waved to me? No, the donkey thought it was about him. But I realize I'm an ass half the time, so I'm good with that. I'm not putting myself down. I'm a new creation in Christ and just trying to make you laugh. Uh Don't you call me an ass. I'm not quite dead yet. There's still a little twitch. (laughs) i'm sure that if you could look at your x-ray the first thing that you would see is a stamp from god i love you and the next thing you start looking around at the different organs oh yeah there's healing there's miracles your prosperity you were concerned about being too prosperous read the life of david He gave $2 billion into the building of the temple and he started out as a poor shepherd kid and maybe, maybe even illegitimate child. We don't know that for sure, but we get the idea from reading Samuel 16 and 17. And then the 400 mighty men that became 600 mighty men that were with him, you know, the ones that were in debt and in distress and discontented in Samuel chapter 22, living in the cave of Adullam, living in the trailer court of Adullam, right? There they were, and they were discontented, and they were in debt, and they were distressed, and David began to minister to them and began to magnify something bigger. But but they had to mix it with faith. If they didn't mix it with faith, it wouldn't have worked. They'd have been like the, all the ones that died in the wilderness. They heard the word, and they believed the word, and then they acted on the word. They heard it, they believed it, and they acted on it. And read read their accounts. Read the account. Go to, to I think it's in Chronicles chapter 29, and read what those Those soldiers that were started out so broke, the money that they put into the kingdom of God, it's astounding. And you know why they were able to do it? Because they weren't in it for the money. They were in it to serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords.
1: They risked their lives every day because they were so passionate for God. Amen. So, so there. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I told you.
0: <laughs> no, but study the lives of the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter eleven. You'll find out. The first thing you'll notice is that they all have flaws, and so they weren't. Per- but they, they 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 weren't perfect. But they served a the perfect Creator. Acts 13, says that David was a man after God's own heart. And we know his backstory. We know his outtakes. We know his mistakes. But the mistakes didn't mock the miracle. You just, you, you, Micah said it best in Micah chapter 7. He said, don't rejoice over me, O my enemy. Though I fall, I shall arise. And Caleb kept that attitude for, for 45 years. So, 40 years and they're in the promised land. And then, five years after that,
1: he's going up to Joshua and saying, Joshua, I know you represent God here. And God promised me my mountain, and I want you to. He said, Give me my mountain. And you know what? It was full of giants. It wasn't,
0: here's a nice, neat package. You can just go in there and retire. No, no. He said, Let me at them. He he took on that aggressive. My Bible says that if I submit to God and resist, the devil he'll flee from me. My Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But, it's, but gates don't attack anybody. So somebody has to storm the gates of hell. Somebody's holding on. There, there are demon spirits, demon entities out there that are holding on to your prosperity, holding on to your promises, holding on to your health, holding on to every issue that you've been believing God for. God is saying, if you'll believe me now, I'm doing a new thing. It's going to spring forth. I'll make a way in
1: the wilderness. I'll run rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says in
0: verse 15 in chapter 3, it says, the banks were full because it was the time of harvest.
1: Hallelujah. It's time of harvest. Time to go where you've never been before, and it's a time of harvest.
0: Matter of fact, if you, if you go over to John chapter 1 and verse 28, you'll find out that Jesus was baptized in that same, same spot. The Bible says that he was baptized in Bethabara over against Jordan. He was right up, right up across from Jericho when he got water baptized. Right in that same spot. Because he said, just like Joshua led them into the promised land, I'm here to lead you into exceeding great in precious promises that you can partake of my divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. Then when you read further over in John chapter 3, it'll tell you that it, it was flood season. The, 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 reason why, the reason why John the Baptist was down there baptizing is because there was much water there. Then you flip over to chapter 4, and the Bible says that, you know, the disciples went to town, remember, to buy some hamburgers? And, uh, and, and Jesus... Well, oh, I don't know what they went for. It's, it's kind of like when you read about Elijah getting the bread
1: and, and the meat from the crows. That must have been a hamburger, right? Raw? Why raw? How's the crow going to bring you lunch anyway? How's he going to cook it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that reminds me of the story that God, God got this really nice house for a fellow in Bill Winston's church. And when he walked in, the guy told him, just come on over here. I want to give you the house. He went over and there was a waterfall in the, in the foyer of the house. He walked in there. The first words out of his mouth, he's being given a $7 million house, this guy. First words out of his mouth. How am I going to pay the taxes on this? And How many of you know that that's, the, that's why we need to renew our minds by the word of God? You think you're thinking, okay, God owns the universe. Everything that is in it and his focus is on you. And if you had the universe and everything that's in it, you wouldn't have your kids going to bed hungry. You'd be arrested for child abuse, but yet God gets accused of that. It's amazing to me that, you know, I do something wrong and then I blame him for it. God, why did you let this happen to me? No, no, we make our own mess. And then we accuse him. We never accuse the devil. Well, we're learning to, but we even then, I, I found that I don't need to accuse him either because my Bible says that for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one, destroy the works of the devil. So the only way the devil has any place in my life is if I give it to him. And so any problems that I have, it's like we really need, if we can just get to this place where we don't blame anybody anymore we can assume responsibility for our lives. And then when I assume responsibility, I can go to the book and find out how to change. Lord, I've been looking at my photo, ridiculing my photo, but I turned over to 2 Corinthians 5.21 and saw my x-ray. Then I turned to Romans 8.17. I'm an heir. Inside, I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. I don't know if you can see it or not, but it's becoming clearer to me all the time because I found out that I can read about what happened to Jesus in the Gospels, but then I find out what happened in Jesus in the letters. And what happened in Jesus happened in me. And the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus was a group photo. So now if I go to watch the Passion of the Christ, I'm there. You know, we like to sob and say, I'm the one that... Had the hammer that drove the nail. It was my sin that killed. Well, yeah, that's true, but that's not what he wants you to see. He wants you to see I have been crucified with him, and now I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now the life that I live in the flesh, I can live by faith in the Son of God who gave His life for me. And so, and so now I can live a free life. Now, when sickness tries to attach itself to my body, I, I I'm looking at His body. Hey, wait now. Hey, wait now. I, I saw the group photo and I was in it. I've been crucified with him and I no longer live. You can't put sickness on the dead man. You can't put poverty on a dead man. You can't walk. Well, try sometime, go to a funeral that, where they actually put somebody in the coffin anymore and go up and, and, and try to tempt the, the, the dead guy with anything. Offer him, a, offer him a bribe. Say, I got a few hundred bucks here to help you. I can st- stick it in the coffin for you. It doesn't mean anything to a dead man. So if, you're, if, if things are still bugging you, <laughs> die, sucker, die. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but it's not about death, it's about resurrection. Resurrection life. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord.